Murphy's Bedtime Stories. Murphy's Virtual edition again. Virtual edition again. Chapter 10. Jake's Darkest Hour. Um, just like Jake, that fence caused Polly and Friday no trouble at all. They just farted over it like blackbirds. Ah, my favorite line. They, what? They didn't, they, they caused them no trouble at all. They just farted over it like blackbirds. More meddlers, cried Mr. Gum, dodging the angry fairy who was back with vengeance. And, of course, a frying pan. Who needs it? The motorbike screeched to a halt in front of the oak tree. Polly jumped out of the sidecar and ran up to Jake, who lay on the lawn, surrounded by his loyal animal friends. Remember, he just ate the th- he ate the heart and died. The moles, shook- the moles shook their heads sadly. A squirrel blew its nose on a butterfly. The cats looked close to tears, for Jake was the only dog they had ever loved. If anyone needs to cry, that's fine. Polly, that was my edition. That's not in the book. Polly gasped when she saw him. The one splendid pout and stop crying. It's okay. Um, the one splendid... Hey, Paladin, bring, get yourself together, okay? It's sad, but you don't need to cry that much. What? I said, you need to stop crying so much. It's just a book. Polly, pa- seriously, Paladin, your tears are getting everywhere. Uh, Polly gasped when she saw him. The once splendid beast looked as weak as a baby. His fur had lost its shine, and his eyes were rolled toward the heavens. He was a mere shadow of his former self. And a shadow was a mere shadow of his former self. <laughs> he was a mere shadow of his former self. And a shadow was a mere shadow of his former self's shadow. Don't die in us, Jake, she sobbed, throwing her arms around him. You're too fat and good to die. Jake's only reply was a feeble little woof, which sounded like a door closing. If it hadn't been for that butcher, we would have... Reached him in time, sniffed Polly. Time? said Friday mysteriously. What is time, little miss? Tis unwise to talk of what might have been, and what might not. Tis unwise. Polly was beginning to think that Friday was a pretty rubbish hero. I mean, it's not not a very good hero. But she had other things to worry about. What are we gonna do? she wailed. Just you wait and everything will turn out fine, said Friday, tapping his nose wisely. Actually, he didn't have a clue what to do, but just then, Mr. Gum raced up, the fairy at his heels. It's no use, old Erie, cried Mr. Gum, like the world's most evil seagull. That dog will never bother no one again. We can still save some, said Polly fiercely. I don't think so, horrible little girl, said Mr. Gum. Look at this. He pointed to his own shirt, on which was written, Champion Expert Dog Poisoner. That don't mean nothing, said Polly. You just writ them words yourself in ketchup. <laughs> that shut Mr. Gum up for a minute because it was true. <laughs> hmm, said Friday, bending down to investigate Jake, even though he was secretly a bit scared of dogs. Suddenly he stood up, his imaginary detective's mustache back in all its glory. Tell me, gummy me boy, said Friday, 
twirling his invisible mustache cunningly. What is the one thing that can cure a big whopper of a dog there? Why, you know as well that I do, you crazy turkey, chuckled Mr. Gum. The only thing that can bring a dog back from the brink is the tears of a man reunited with his long-lost brother. And that's not going to happen now, is it? Hmm, said Friday grandly, wagging a finger like he imagined a detective would. The tears of a man reunited with his long-lost brother, you say? Well, guess what, Mr. Gum? You are my long-lost brother, and I have a picture of us together when we were small. And when you grew older, you went over to the dark side and became a bad man and forgot all about me, your brother, who is a force of good, and now look at what you have been reduced to. Poisoning a happy bouncer of a dog just to avoid whacking from a fairy like the cowardly, bitter old thing that you've become. And now I tell you this amazing information. Something inside you is bursting forth and you are filled with love and compassion at dinner, and you cannot help but shed tears all over the blind dog and wake it up from its terrible sleep. The truth is a lemon meringue. Triumphantly, Friday handed Mr. Gum a battered photograph of the old days. It showed Friday when he was but a lad, standing next to another boy. That other boy is you, said Friday. Now bring on those tears. The animals gasped, and Polly clapped her hands together in delight. Mr. Gum peered closely at the photo. Nah, that ain't me, he said. We ain't long lost brothers at all, you weirdo. Oh, said Friday. He turned to Polly miserably, his imaginary mustache drooping like an imaginary weeping willow. Well, little miss, he said softly, I did my best. Suddenly, it was all very quiet, like the sad bit of a story. No birds sang at that unhappy hour. No wind stirred. For once, even the angry fairy was silent. The only sound was Jake, breathing in and out, weaker each time. Goodbye, Jake, sniffed Polly, burying her head in his fur. He was a good boy, he was. Just then, someone tapped her on the shoulder. She looked up to see a little boy she had never seen before. Somehow, though, Polly felt as if she'd known him all her life. A feeling of great peace and warmth spread through her, and... It's that nightmare from the sweet shop, Mr. Gum exclaimed. How'd you get in here? Turn again, turn again, Mr. Gum, said the boy, with his beautiful, honest face. Mr. Gum backed away, his hands raised as if to ward off a ghost. I don't like it one bit, he said in a quivering voice, appearing out of nowhere and talking of turning again. I don't like it. I know you can be good again, said the boy, offering him another fruit chew. That was enough for Mr. Gum. He gave a terrified yelp, clambered over the fence, and scooted off down the road, the boy's words still ringing in his ears. The little boy turned back to Polly. child, he said, even though he was no older than she. Listen carefully. You must zip into Mr. Gum's house and look inside the sailor's chest, which stands in the front hall. It is full of magic chocolate with fantastic powers, he whispered. Do not tarry, but bring me as much as you can. Polly didn't wait to hear any more, but zipped into the house. There in the hallway stood the chest. It was the only beautiful thing in that lonely place, and it seemed to shine with hope and furniture polish. She threw the lid open, looked inside, and found nothing at all. The chest was completely empty.